Good afternoon and welcome along for Pet Chat today. We will be taking your calls later on. Joining us right now is our vet, Lara Viney. Hello, Lara. How are you? I'm well, thanks. Pleased to have you here. You might just move that microphone a little closer to yourself there. That's perfect there. And Danny Boz. Hello, Danny. Can you move Can yours I? a little bit closer to you? Is that better? There you go. Now I can hear you better. <laughs> and how are we? Feeling all right? Looking yes. forward to a big week? Yes, definitely. Beautiful day today. We'll be taking people's calls a little later. And you have a topic for us. What are you talking about today, Lara? Talking about bird safe houses. So how to make the environment that you're pet bird lives in nice and safe. That could work well too, since you're talking about a bird or a species of bird today, I think, Danny, aren't you? Well, we were looking at possibly talking about hand-raised eclectus birds and what they are like to own and, and, and how good they are or maybe not so good they are. Who knows? But I thought it'd be timely to talk about them. We can find out all about them. I don't mm. know anything about this bird, so that'll be a nice breed to find out about. That's all coming our way. It's all part of Pet Chat today here at 2NURFM 103.7. Newcastle and Hunter Valley's 2 and URFM 103.7. It's 17 past 12. Wednesday afternoon means pet chat. We're here right through until 1 o'clock today. We'll be taking your calls soon. If you've got a problem with your pet, maybe it's your doggy, your moggy, your bird, you can give us a call and our vet Lara Viney will be able to help you out. Denny Boz is here also and Denny's uh, topic today is an interesting one. We're going to discuss a little bit with Lara about this species of bird. Yeah, the Ecolectus, they are very popular in popular in Australia as a hand-raised pet. And um, being that Lara knows a lot about birds, working at the Specialist Bird Clinic in Newcastle, or West Walls End, I think it is, isn't yes, it? Yes, yeah, West Walls End. Um, I thought, why not ask her some of these questions? Do they make a good hand-raised pet? I guess, as with all birds um, that you're going to be handling a lot and spending a lot of time one-on-one with, a hand-raised is definitely going to be better than a bird that's come from an aviary-type situation. Mm. The Eclectus parrot is a very intelligent bird, so yes. they do need a lot of special attention as a pet. Can you teach them to talk or whistle? They're that? very talkative birds. Mimics? They're, yeah, very good mimics, yeah. and they um, they do do a, a lot of whistling. If we've had one in the clinic sometimes for a little while, they'll go home meowing like a cat or barking like a dog, that kind of thing. Yeah, well, we've had one where you know, when the phone rings, it starts to imitate the phone. And the thing is, that then it gets pretty problematic in the business sense because you don't know if the phone's <laughs> ringing for real or not. Yeah, they sound that good. <laughs> yeah. they, they are. They're really good mimics. So you go to pick up the phone. Oh, no, it was the bird. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when we talk about them being good as hand-raised pets, what about in terms of what you've experienced, how they talk and how they mimic what's come in the clinic? What's the best one that you can remember in terms of their vocabulary skills? Oh, we've got it. Yeah, we've got a few that come in quite regularly, some that come in to board. Um, they'll pick up your name yes. while, when you're there. So mm-hmm. they will, if, but most of the time they'll repeat their own name. Yes. They'll have their owner's particular sayings, yeah. you know, step up, you're a good boy, and mm-hmm. those kind of basic things. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't say you could have a conversation with them. Okay. But they're, yeah. And is a male a male better as a hand raised pet than a female generally? Yeah, generally as a as a species, um, the males do adapt better to being in a captive environment, mm-hmm. um, and that's got a lot to do with their na- their natural social structure in the wild. So you just yeah, just the way they're set up. I said you were talking about that as well. The female bird tends to be alone and has a central position within their environment, and there's quite a few males who are around, but they're used to spending more time, I guess, bonding um, and and getting getting on with one particular. Yeah, from a breeding perspective, I did read that 
I guess you could say the female's a bit flirty and she doesn't necessarily settle down with just one male. I guess, yeah, you could say that. So she. What was the word you had a little earlier? <laughs> so she's. She, Part. <laughs> she tends to be in the centre of a group and then is in within calling distance of particular males and they're almost like in a circle around her. So she does definitely have interactions with more than one male, that's yeah. for sure. Okay. Well, she's a smart girl, isn't she, David? <laughs> I, I do think that they are one of the more popular larger size parrots Definitely. in Australia. Is that, yeah, is a they're, they're a pet? beautiful bird, and, and I think that's a large attraction that people have to them. And I guess normally with, with birds, we think of the males usually being a lot prettier, nicer, more colourful than the females. This one, with the Ecolectus, it's a little bit different because the the female in its when the red and the blue is quite striking. It is, As opposed yeah. to just the green male. Yeah, I mean, the green is beautiful. Yeah. But I guess, yeah, the red the red and blue is quite spectacular. Didn't I think they thought they were maybe even two different species at one time. Originally, yeah, yeah, I guess that might... Yeah, they, they do look... Yeah, their feathering pattern is really different. Different. No, thank you very much for that. That's okay. Okay. Now, would you like to call us through? We'd love to hear from you for Pet Chat. 49216216 is the phone number if you'd like to give us a call. We've got a free line waiting there right now. 49216216 for Pet Chat. Give us a call this afternoon. Now 23 minutes past 12. Pet Chat this afternoon. Our first caller on 49216216 is Barry from Terralba. Hello, Barry. How are you? Yeah, good, mate. Yeah, very good. Thank you. We've got Lara listening to you right now. How are you, yeah. Barry? Oh, how you going, darling? Um, I just jumped in the car and um, I got the tail end of that uh, parrot or the bird that you were speaking about before as good talkers. Mm. Um, and I didn't catch the breed. That's the Eclectus parrot we were talking about. Oh, righty-o. Um, are they easy to come by? Or can, where, do you, where would you find a, a hand-risen one? Generally, th- generally through a breeder um, would be the would be uh, probably for the hand raise. Or you were saying you've got them there's, the yeah, there's some some in the pet shops. I know um, about having some. We've had some as well, um, or a breeder. That's right. Uh, are they a seed eating bird or um, like a lorikeet? Which um, are not. No, generally not. They can eat. They do eat some seed, but a fruit is a large part of their diet. They also adapt well to a pelleted diet too. I think, especially if you get a hand raised one, Barry, you need to stick more with a, a fruit and a, and a pelleted diet because they would have been hand raised on some kind of a, a special mixture. All right. Are they happier in a pair, or are they just as happy as a single one? I'd say either way. Single birds, they they would be. Quite happy, um, and you, I would be housing a male and female if you were going to be housing them as a pair, as long as you've got a nice large enclosure for them. Yeah, we've got a large, we've got a couple of large cages. I, I used to have lorikeets, um, mm. yeah, for the, for the similar reason, for talking wise, they never mm. shut up. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's just that, yeah, that info was, is good because, like I said, I didn't catch the breed of the bird, so yeah, I'm interested in getting another bird, so I might look into getting one of them. The Ecolectus, that's what you Good need. on you, Barry. Thank you for your call there. Also joining us now for Pet Chat from Lake Munmora. Hello, Roger. How are you doing today? Very good, thanks. How are you? Very good. We've got uh, our vet, Lara, listening to you now. All right. Well, I had, looking after my granddaughter's Kelpie, yep. now, all of a sudden, both his back legs collapsed, and I took him down to the vet, and they did an X-ray, and they found that both back knees needed a reconstruction. Okay. Now, he told me that there was nowhere 
in the Central Coast or Newcastle could, could do that operation. I had to go down to North Ryde to a place called Sash. Yeah. And they did the operation down there. Now, that seems rather funny to me. Is that true? Sure. I guess it depends on the exact operation that they needed to do. There definitely are some specialist procedures, um, if, if you're talking about a cruise ship repair in larger breed dogs, that um, are only done at specialist centres. So I don't, okay. that's possibly what was... What I see. Ah, anyway, he's... Uh, He's been done and he's coming back home in 10 days. So he's doing all right as far as you know? As far as I know, he's with my granddaughter at the moment. They're going to take him back to get the stitches out. Okay. What sort of uh, care will he need when he comes back to me? Um, They'll probably provide a rehabilitation and physiotherapy plan for him, I would would imagine generally they do. But more than likely if he's had a complex orthopaedic surgery, he'll need fairly strict rest. Um, and and there will be a schedule of physiotherapy as part of his rehabilitation, I'd imagine. Yes, and it's a bit worrying because our other little dog, uh, a Maltese cross Pomeranian, is, is her back legs are starting to go too. Sure. And I thought, oh, that cost me uh, seven thousand that operation. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Being a pensioner, I don't have to pay that much again. So there's nobody on in Newcastle that could do that sort of operation? Well, I guess I'm not exactly sure which, which operation it was, so I can't say that for sure. Um, and it, like I said, it does depend on the size of the dog too. Mm, okay, Roger, thank you so much for your call. Now, if just like Roger, you'd like to give us a call, there's a free line waiting there right now. 49216216 is the phone number for Pet Chat. Give us a call. We're here until 1 o'clock today. 49216216. You can talk to our vet, Lara. Now, you've brought some product in for us today. They're in front of us here. Let's have a chat about what you've got there for us, please, Danny. Well, Dave, over the past couple of weeks, we've been talking about issues with dogs who've got sensitive skin. They've got allergies. They most probably get itchy, red rashes on their skin. We've talked about topical treatments in terms of shampoos, conditioners, oils that we can use, and also diet in terms of a food. Sometimes, though, we do like to give our dogs treats. It's actually a very, very common practice, a daily treat for our pet, our best friend, our mate. I've brought some treats in here, which are fantastic for any dogs. You might eat one for me. But, oh, you what you do, you've been telling me all, since I came in at 12, about eating them. Uh, just because different flavors, are, we've got chicken crunch. You want me to have a try of them just Rhubarb, have a rhubarb. Come on. Let me have a look at that. This is what I was trying to say with these products. They're made from Vita, by Vita Pet, and they're called Healthy Naturals because they're 100% healthy. Low in and fat. And natural. 100% natural and tasty. There's no preservatives, no coloring, no chemicals, Lightly no steroids, spice. no hormones, no fillers, no antibiotics in them. So it's a treat that can be very good for dogs who are a bit sensitive. Uh, and we are getting reports from people who have bought them where their dogs are sensitive, sensitive stomachs, sensitive skin, that they do work for them. They come with a few different types of varieties and flavors, like oh, yeah. you, you've got your Beef spare ribs, that's yeah, the, the one rhubarb. you want me to try, the, the beef spare rib, <laughs> the rhubarb. No, I'm not eating the rhubarb. Um, and there's the rhubarb, yeah. as you say, Come and on, there's the chicken it. crunch. You're taking it off the topic. Why don't you try? Would you like me to open one up? No, Do you I want to try? I wouldn't eat it. You could. I'd like to Just see you eat it. Just because you're on a diet. I'd like to see you eat it. So there's an option there for trying. Also, I've brought another one, another brand here, oh. Fish Treats. 
We talked about for dogs who are really, really sensitive, one of the foods they can have is kibble that is Mm fish-based. No grains in it, but fish-based is the main protein. Well, there are fish, pure 100% fish treats as well. They come in different sizes for your small breeds, your medium and large breeds Mm. that you can feed them. This way, the dogs that do have sensitivities and are on special diets, there is a chance that they can still have some treats because of these type of healthy products. So healthy naturals, again, with the no preservatives, no colouring, no chemicals, steroids, fillers, all that kind of stuff, or the sea jerky. These are the sea jerky treats, which are purely 100% fish. A couple of good options there, yeah. There are. Yeah. Now, if you'd like to give us a call, 49216216. We'll come back and chat to you in just a moment. We'll talk to Phil from Wall's End after this. We've got the wind from the southeast, 10 to 15 knots, turning easterly, 15 to 20 knots today. Seas below 1 metre, increasing to 1 to 1.5 metres later in the evening. The swell southerly, 2 to 3 metres. The wind from the north at 11 kilometres an hour at the moment, 76% it is for relative humidity, 28 to 1. And we've got our next tide, which is a high at a quarter past 2 this afternoon, 1.6 of a metre. Sunsets at 5 to 5. And at the moment, we're on 15 degrees. It's 2 in URFM. Great to have your company. Pet Chat today. Our vet Lara is with us. And we'll continue with calls right now. We've got joining us from Katara. Let's say good afternoon to Barry. Hello, Barry. How are you today? I'm good, thanks. Yourself? Very good. Lara's listening to you right now. Lara's listening. How are you, Lara? I'm well, thanks, Barry. How are you? Oh, I'm pretty good, thanks. Um, Lara, we've got a budgie. Yeah. I have had him since last uh, February. My wife rescued him from a uh, currawong one day. Oh. It was picking the Christ out of him, and we rescued him, put him in a, in a shoebox, and then eventually transferred him to a beer box and we now have him in a cage and obviously now his name is Tui because he yeah. lived for the first two or three days in a beer box. Right. <laughs> but anyway, he's um, continually preening himself. Is this natural for budgery guards or... And after the pruning, of course, the feathers come loose, and then when he shakes himself, feathers go everywhere. Or could they be? Is, is it possible that the bird could have lice or something like that? Um, I guess it is possible. Most birds will, or all birds will preen um, mm-hmm. naturally. I, I guess if he's just doing it incessantly and doing nothing else, there could be a problem there. They generally have molts a couple of times a year with the change of seasons. Right. Um, and we'd normally expect them to have finished doing that molt by now um, if, there's, mm-hmm. if there's actual new feathers. Feathers coming through that you can see—is that what's happening? Are there new ones coming through, yeah, or is no, it just it's hard to tell? Hard he, to tell whether there's new feathers coming he just, through or not. He just loses a couple here and I'm there. I'm just sitting there watching him now. He's doing it now. As a fact. <laughs> well, I, it could—it could be normal for him mm-hmm. that he's uh, just going through a normal cycle of feather growth. But yeah, it, sure. but it is possible that there is there is something going on. They definitely can get mites and external parasites that affect the feather growth as well. And is there something we could do for that? Like, can we spray them with something? Or? Um, there are def- there are some products available, but I guess getting an actual diagnosis of what exactly is going on would be would be mm. your best bet first mm. up. Mm, sure, yeah, yeah. Okay, oh, I then. can hear him there. He sounds like a happy yeah, little fellow. He, he chirps away a little bit. Yes, yeah. yes. He sits there and prunes and chirps and chirps and prunes. Yeah, excellent. <laughs> Okay, then that's fine. Thanks very much. What about, um, someone suggested that we should put some of those cuttlefish in there. I've done that, and he has a bit of a chew at it, but not a lot. Is this, is this a source of calcium or something? Or Yeah, it definitely is a source of calcium. It's also really good for them to uh, keep their beak in nicely trimmed and not let it overgrow. Cuttlefish is a good thing for them to chew on. All right, yes, yeah. yes. Okay, then I've done the right thing so far. Excellent. 
Good on you, Barry. Thank you so much for your call. It's Pet Chat. You can call us, 49216216. We're here right through until 1 o'clock today at 2NURFM 103.7. Easy listening to and you are FM 103.7. It's 22 to 1. It's Pet Chat this afternoon. Taking your calls on 49216216. Our vet Lara is with us today and we've got a bit of a theme going through the day today about birds and you're going to have a chat to us about some birds too, aren't you, Lara? Yeah, I'm going to have a chat about um, making your house a safe environment to have a pet bird in. How do we go about doing that? Well, there are a lot of things. They're very intelligent and inquisitive little animals, birds are. So they're, they're going to get into things and you've got to, just got to be mindful um, of what's around in your house. And there are things, some things that you wouldn't necessarily think of, um, especially heavy metals. So you'll find heavy metals in lead-based paints, um, window sills and doors and especially when you're doing renovations and things like that solder often their cages even are made of galvanized materials that are toxic to them and because they're such small animals only a really small amount and is enough to make them quite unwell they they'll often find a particular area and go back to it you'll have people who say they've got their birds and they're always chewing paint in a particular spot Mm. or even your weights from your curtains and things like that so heavy metals and where they are located throughout your home are quite a concern and and can cause a lot of problems. What else should we be concerned about to help make it a nice, safe environment for our birds in our house? Yeah, um, just what sort of toys are around for them. They'll get into things, they'll get into small things that can often... When they when they ingest them, will cause obstruction. So even even carpet and hair and that, things like that. If you find them chewing them or small items, they'll swallow them and they they can get intestinal obstructions that way. Mm. You've also got to be careful of them if you've got them out and about um, when you're cooking. If you've got hot baths and things like that, um, they'll they'll fly around and they'll get in. They're obviously obviously interested in what you're doing, interested in the food and want to get involved. So you. Always got to supervise them when they're out. It's not a good idea to have them around when you're cooking. Of our popular birds, your budgies, your canaries, your smaller parrots and that, what would be the best ones to have in and around a household? Oh, most birds do quite well. Um, I, I guess the most common ones people do keep inside would be those ones, your smaller parrots, yeah. your smaller parrots and budgies and cockatiels. They're the, they're the kind of birds that are, people have really commonly as pets. Your larger parrots as well, people have around and in the house and they tend to keep them you know they'll be sitting on their shoulder and hanging around and sitting with them in the lounge room and those kinds of things too. anything that people do that probably is a good heads up to give them not to do when it comes to their birds around the house um i'd say just being aware of where you are not being in those danger spots being in the kitchen being in the bathroom although sometimes it is good to have them in in the bathroom some of the some of the species do like high humidity environments and having them in and around the shower at times is a really good thing to do but just being mind you just just being mindful of when they're out of their cages we get them we get people treading on them we get chairs rolling over them those kinds of things you just got to be mindful of where they are do they enjoy being out of the cage? They certainly do, yeah. yeah. birds. I, some birds, if they've been in the cage all their life, do prefer to stay in their cages, but mm. getting them out of their cage and being involved in the family and having that environmental enrichment is, is a really good thing. Is the cage really a must for them? You must have a cage? Um, or can you look at a bird that maybe even if it just had its perch, had a perch? Yeah, some, and some, perch, some birds do. They have their perch and they're trained to go back to it. It is... I guess the idea of a cage is 
a safe environment for them is somewhere they can go back to that's their own space um, where they can sleep at night even often you'll have people who have their birds out throughout the whole day and just have them going back into the cage of a night time i wouldn't say it's a necessity but there's definitely there are advantages to it as well getting them used to going in and out if you've got to take them around the place as well now what what about when you've got a household where the bird is there but there's also another animal be it a dog or a cat or, or some other animal an integration between them yeah most of the time people do have that do have dogs and cats and, and naturally they are predators to the birds a lot of the time you'll if you'll find that the bird is dominant over those animals depending on the nature of them um, you, we have we have quite a few people whose dogs are scared of their burden and they hide away from them but it Again, you've got to be careful and sensible. You, I wouldn't recommend having them alone in a room together. Mm. Um, some even having them, your bird, safely away when when the cats and dogs are about. Now, what about with the bird in the cage and it's in the household with you? It's been there all night. Is it good to put it outside for a little while um, in the sun or outside in the elements? Yeah, often I think exposure to natural daylight and natural day length is very important. Um, if you, as long as you're not doing it in inclement weather, if your bird's used to being inside and used to being in an air-conditioned environment, you can run into trouble if you're going to take them outside on a day like today. Um, definitely a nice protected area somewhere in the sun. Is what you'd be looking at. Now, Lara, what about when you've got the, the colder days like we're experiencing now? Uh, do our birds feel that? Do they notice that outside if you've got the cage outside? They do. They definitely do. I've, if they're used to being outside, it's not so much of a problem. But as long as they've got a sheltered side and an area that they can get to and get to out of the road and, say, out of the rain um, and away from those cool breezes. Okay, yeah, some great tips here about birds. Thank you for that today. We're taking your calls on 49216216 for Pet Chat. We continue now. Joining us from Warners Bay. Hello, Ken. Hello, how are you? Very good. We've got Lara listening to you now. What would you like to ask uh, her? I've got a chook problem. I've got uh, 12 highliner uh, chooks. They're the same breed as uh, you know, the red uh, commercial breed. Yeah. Uh, they lay very well, but I've got one that never has a shell on neck. It's soft shell. Oh, okay. Has it always has it always done that ever since it came yeah, on to lay? Yeah, it's laid, and it's uh, I've got shell grit there. Uh, I was wondering, uh, could I try uh, calcium or something? Or look, I guess are they are all your birds on the same diet? There's no yeah, variation they're all between. Yeah, on the them. same diet. Yeah, uh, and if you're not having problems with the other ones, it, it does sound like an individual problem um, yeah. whether it is a reflection of a specific calcium deficiency in that bird but I guess you've got to ask why is that particular bird being affected and if she's actually got a genetic or an anatomical problem that's preventing that shell from being formed and laying properly yeah. um, that's possible it yeah calcium supplementation orally would be something to try yeah and it wouldn't uh, hurt the other ones no, it, it should just as long as you're not have as long as it's not um, you've you've got a nice balanced diet. Yeah. Um, you shouldn't you shouldn't be running into problems if they're oh. do, if they're laying a lot, then that should be okay. They they're spoiled. I, I give them a hot mash for breakfast of the morning and they? They get pellets all the time, and they get yeah. the greens every day. And, they do uh, sound like happy chickens. Yeah, well they lay most of. Well, I'm getting uh, ten. Nine, uh, nine or ten eggs a day out of the twelve. Of them, so, yeah, uh, and it's just this one. She lays, and because they all lay in the one box, and when it breaks, it's all over the other eggs. So, yeah, okay, yeah, that's not not very good. And, uh, and would I pick up calcium uh, supplement from the pet shops or? 
I'd say uh, I'd say most would have that would have that available. Um, your local vet would also have that. But yeah, most most places that supply pet products should have that for you. Okay then. Right, thanks very much. Thank Not you, Ken, for calling Pet Chat, 49216216. If you'd like to give us a call, we've still got a bit of time up our sleeve. We'd love to hear from you here until 1 o'clock today, Pet Chat at 2NURFM. Newcastle and Hunter Valley's 2NURFM 103.7, Wednesday afternoon, Pet Chat. We do it every Wednesday from midday to 1 o'clock on 49216216. If you'd like to give us a call, we'd love to hear from you. Our vet Lara is here, Denny Boz is here, and on the phone joining us is Paul from Thornton. Hello, Paul. How are you, mate? What would you like to talk to Lara, our vet, about? Um, I have a, a three-year-old golden retriever. Yeah. And um, he he gets this odour, mainly late in the afternoon, at night. Um, he comes in, I bring him into the house, and uh, all of a sudden he's got this uh, odour. Like, I've been training dogs all my life, and I've never struck this before. So it's a fairly pungent odour by the sound of it. Yes. Um, I just don't know if it's... Through through the, uh, the skin or okay, and he's not he's not got in, getting into anything in particular out in the garden that you no 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 he's uh, no, he's fairly yeah fairly clean yeah to the rain but uh, yeah he, during the day I just had him out for a walk and he's fine but late in the afternoon he gets this. Um, bit of an odor about it and I can't work it out what it is and it's gone again the next day. I guess one thing I'd be suspicious of would be anal gland secretions. Um, if you've been around dogs before, you've you've probably smelt it before, so you'll you'll know. Um, it it is a very very pungent odor. Um, they they've got anal glands which they were originally part of their scent marking in the wild as pack animals, right. um, and they've still got those glands today. All domestic dogs do um, often they'll secrete them if they're stressed um, they should naturally secrete a small amount of the gland material when they go to the toilet but sometimes they have problems with that and that builds up and i'd just be suspicious that maybe that's what you're actually smelling because um, if, if it is you know if it's quite a strong scent which it sounds like it is then that's yeah. that's possibly what's going on well we did we did have trouble uh with him uh christmas uh, or last year, uh, we didn't know what was going on. Yeah. Um, he didn't eat for seven days. Okay. And ended up getting uh, an operation. Yep. Uh, lower in, uh, small intestine. Okay. But they still don't know what actually happened. Right. But uh, enough was uh, twisted bowel or what? Yeah, or an, or an obstruction or something. It's. Mm. But the odor hasn't been particularly since then. It's, he's always had it. I really can't remember if it was before that. Yeah. I've got a feeling it was after that. When it started. So I'm very uh, confused. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> before. Yeah. But uh, we're talking about stress, and it usually just happens when um, he's just... When he's relaxed. Lay, yeah, laying there yeah. Uh, in the TV room. Yeah. Oh, it, it might be worthwhile popping down to your local vet and just getting the anal glands checked out. Sometimes they need to be secreted and need to be expressed um, and it'd be interesting to see if they, that smell continues after you've done that. Okay, Paul, we hope that helps you. Thank you for getting on the phone and giving us a call here at Pet Chat on 49216216. Denny, any special events coming up? What I've got actually is uh, part of our industry news segment and there's a special deal going around at pet stores at the moment where 
Hills Science Diet. So if, if you are a feeder of the Hills Science Diet product, they've got three products that they're doing buy one, get one free. So it's extremely good promotion. So the Sensitive Skin 2 Kilo, the Adult Large Breed 7.5 Kilo, and the Adult Original 7.5 Kilo. And if you buy one, you'll get your second one free. So that is a 50% saving, really. So it's it's a very good promotion, and uh, take it up if you can. That is great. That's it. Thank you very much. That's about us for, uh, for today. Thank you so much, Lara. Thank you. Being a great guest, we hope you come back and do it again another time with us. Hopefully do. Thank you, Danny. Thank you. Back again next week. It is Pet Chat. We do it every Wednesday from midday till 1 here at 2 in URFM. Latest weather and with thanks to our sponsor, Maitland and Port Stevens Toyota, great ball has arrived in Maitland with great opening specials and continuing cloudy, continuing cooler and more showers with us. At the moment, the wind from the east-southeast at 3 kilometres an hour and it's 14 degrees at Jasmine. You have a great one. Back with you tomorrow from 9. Dave Cochran here at 2NURFM 103.7.